is Actually You Are a Real Runner with Jacqueline Riccio. long time since we've done these episodes, but today we're going to do an Ask Jacqueline episode. So all of these are questions that you have asked me on Instagram, and we're going to take the time to go into them and explore them a little bit more. Um, When I started this podcast a year ago, it was going to be about running, and the more I got into it, I realized, you know, running is just part of my story. Running is not my full story, and I guess I knew that. I knew that in the beginning. Um, I've never been, and I probably won't ever be one of those people that is constantly running a race every weekend, and that's okay. Running is a part of my story, um, but yeah, it's just not my whole identity. And so the more that I kind of started exploring this podcast and this platform and working with one-on-one clients, this, um, this dieting, this perfect eating thing kept coming up. People kept being, you know, trying to be perfect with food, struggling, Um, saying F it and finding themselves in like a not so good place with food and with exercise, this all or nothing mindset. So it was instrumental, like working with one-on-one clients, um, it's just been instrumental in creating imperfect eating as a way of life. (laughs) Um, Something that we can do for not 30 days. I've always said this, that you have to learn how to eat for the rest of your life. Like you don't do a meal plan for 30 days because where does it leave you, right? Like not in a good place. Same thing with exercise. Um, you can go balls to the wall on a training plan totally, but if you can't keep up with that and sustain moving your body in a way that's adding value to life, you have to find a way that works. And so we're going to talk more about um, imperfect eating today and the questions that you've asked. So let's start with this first one. This is super common. Um, and I want you I want you to know that, that a lot of the struggles that you're having, um, maybe your husband doesn't struggle with it, or maybe your mom doesn't struggle with it, or maybe they just don't talk about it. But a lot of the struggles that you're having, a lot of women have, a lot of my clients have. And so, yeah, I am an expert at teaching imperfect eating. So let's get started. Okay. So first, um, this first question, how do I stop mindless eating when I'm bored? Totally, totally have been there. Probably one of the biggest struggles that my clients have. Um, so first of all, I would get super curious. I think the first thing that we try to do, like even the question, how do I stop mindless eating when I'm bored? Okay. Like the easy answer is like, okay, just stop doing it. Right. Obviously it's bigger. There's like more happening there. So instead of judging yourself and even instead of just like trying to stop it, cold Turkey, I would say, take a step back and really examine why you're doing it. Um, a few years ago, I had a personal trainer that was like, just stop binge eating on the weekend. And I was like, you're right. Like that literally had never occurred to me. And that was cool. And that was great. That actually did work for a couple of weeks. Like, okay, I'm not going to binge eat. I'm not going to binge eat. I'm not going to binge eat. But then it was like, okay, that was just more me restricting. Like, okay, don't do this. Don't do this thing. Don't mess up. When I took a step back and I started reflecting on why is this happening? that's when I realized it was all of the restricting that was leading to the binges, right? Like every time I did whole 30, every time I cut carbs out is when I would binge on the carbs on the weekends. Every time I was trying to be perfect with food Monday through Friday is when I would binge and eat everything in sight on Saturday and Sunday. So really slowing it down and not expecting that this was going to be solved in 30 days 
but just like allowing myself to learn from these things and then practice things, that was super helpful. So going back to this mindless eating when I'm bored. Okay. So we want to like take a step back and just like look and see like, when is this happening? When are the times that I'm bored? Um, is it after work? I come home and I just kind of like start picking at stuff. Maybe I've had a stressful day, right? Um, is it on weekends when we, you know, usually during the week, we're so busy Monday to Friday and then Saturday and Sunday, especially if it's cold out, we might be sitting in the house and not doing a ton, right? So now we're bored and we're filling that void with food. We all do it. Like we, we all do something to fill that boredom void, right? Like, so it might be eating. <laughs> it might be watching Netflix, binge watching Netflix. It might be scrolling on social media, binge, you know, binge scrolling on social media. Um, so we just want to like, why is this happening? Like, what am I trying to fill? And two, what's another activity I can do? You know, if it, maybe it is just getting up and going for a walk. Maybe it is finding a hobby. And that's like one of the great things about why, like why running fits so well into my life. Like it, added that value. It was that joy. So whatever we do, we want it to be adding joy to our lives, adding value. So you might need to substitute, you know, the, the mindless eating with an activity, something physical. I think especially nowadays, we are so used to being stimulated all the time that sometimes it can be hard for us to like just sit still. So we can try one, we can try substituting instead of grabbing food, grab something else to do. Number two, we can be, we have to learn to be okay with being bored and with not being stimulated all the time. Um, this is like a big thing in schools these days. Uh, kids struggle with like being bored. They struggle not being constantly stimulated. And it's so funny because I remember my high school English teacher saying that we were like the MTV generation, that our attention spans were like three minutes long. And honestly, it's just gotten worse, right? Like there's, there's so much being thrown at us that just sitting there and not being constantly stimulated can be hard for a lot of us. So that can be something like accepting that you're bored and just practicing being okay with it. It's something I've definitely had to deal with. Like here's how I um, am going to approach this. And actually running was really helpful in me learning how to just be at one with my thoughts and like not constantly be listening to a podcast or constantly be listening to music. Definitely do it sometimes, but just kind of practicing being okay with being bored. The other thing I want you to explore is are you mindless eating because you're actually hungry? Um, a lot of times we don't realize, you know, holy crap, I didn't eat anything all day. And now I keep getting up and going to the, the cabinet to snack on things um, because I haven't eaten anything. I never had like a full meal. So I want you to make sure that with your lunch, I want you to make sure that you have some plants and protein, whatever else you're going to have. But definitely the plants that's going to help fill you up. The protein will keep you fuller longer, right? And then with your dinner, make sure that you're doing that as well. And so you might find that because you're filling up, you're not like, you're just not looking for something to fill your stomach and you're doing other things. Um, and then definitely if it becomes like a struggle, like three weeks from now, after you listen to this podcast, you're like, holy crap, I'm still doing this. Definitely reach out and we can talk more um, about how imperfect eating can help you with that. Okay. So the next question is, what are some ideas to help with reducing or reduce, reducing cravings? <laughs> this is a fun one. Yeah, definitely. Cravings. So this is so funny. I remember my friend oh, a couple months ago asked me what I did about cravings uh, when it was like my period when um, like, how do you, how do you handle this? And I, 
I think at first I was like, well, I don't really have cravings. And then I like, I went back and I was like, that's not true. The thing is that I don't demonize foods and I don't demonize when I want to eat something. So a lot of times we're like, oh, I have these cravings. We have in the back of our head, well, I'm not supposed to be eating that. So-and-so said cookies are bad. I shouldn't be doing this, right? Like we say this like underlying, oh, I really want to get ice cream, but I shouldn't be doing this. And then what do we end up doing? We use the word indulge, like, oh, I indulged. I kind of like gave into this temptation. And so it's like, we're constantly judging ourselves and not even realizing it. If you have a craving, if you're, so here's the thing is like, if I'm like, mm, I want pizza, I go and get the pizza and I eat it. And the thing that people get scared of is like, oh gosh, but what if I eat all of the pizza? Totally. <laughs> totally. Um, I have a blog post and I'll actually post a link to this about, you know, the times that I binge and ate like all of the pizza because I wasn't used to having pizza. And that's one of those things that you have to be okay that um, if you're eating something that you're not used to eating and you're so used to judging yourself in the past, you might go overboard. You might overeat because you're just not used to having it. And it's this novelty. This whole idea of not judging yourself seems completely foreign because you're thinking in your head, no, every time that I've you know gotten myself to do something is because I berated myself and I judged myself into doing X, Y, Z. So this idea of coming from a place of compassion, this idea of coming from a place of like adding value, not judging ourselves, being kind to ourselves, that can feel really foreign and it can feel really hard to do. But I really want you, like with the last question, number one, make sure that with your meals, you're filling yourself up. You're eating tons of plants. You're eating protein. You're drinking water. I probably don't mention that enough. Make sure that you're drinking water. Fill yourself up. And then when you want the cookie, there's no reducing cravings. You just eat the cookie. Like, you just eat it, and that can feel weird. And so I really want you to even still um, examine that language, reduced cravings. There's nothing that we need to reduce, and it's not even giving into cravings. It's just I'm eating, right? So we're neutralizing foods. Eat the food that you want to eat. Eat it. <laughs> and then don't attach that judgment. If you overeat, get curious about why that happens, but don't judge yourself. The more that you judge yourself, um, the longer it kind of takes to be okay with this stuff. Um, but the more you're like, hey, I'm normalizing things, the the novelty will wear off. Um, I think that sometimes people think that what I am recommending or advocating for is just eating a whole bunch of junk food. And that's definitely not the case. But the thing is, is that if we're so used to this idea of perfectionist eating, this all or nothing mindset, when we ease out of it, there's going to be times that we do overeat, you know, a junk food item, um, but the novelty wears off and, and you realize like, hey, you know, I had this craving for cookies. I kept pushing it off. Finally, I gave in, right? Listen to that language. I gave in to my cravings. Like I, I sinned. I did this bad thing. I gave into my temptations and it overate the cookies. See, now I can't trust myself. This is why every time I have a little bit it turns into a lot of it. But instead, if we, let, we don't judge ourselves as much, just have the freaking cookie, practice having one, you know, go take one out, go back um, and sit down, eat your cookie. If you want another one, get up and eat another one, get up and eat another one. You know, you're just kind of like slowing down the decision process. Um, and then telling yourself, reminding yourself, even if you eat 12 cookies, there is no, there is no, um, you're not going back to perfect clean eating. You're not doing that perfect eating stuff anymore. There's no restricting. There's no following a meal plan after this. There's no berating yourself. This is just, huh, I ate 12 cookies. Hmm, my stomach doesn't really feel good. 
I think next time I'm going to have to practice, you know, I'm going to practice having one cookie. I'm going to practice having two cookies, but set yourself up in a place where you're like, you're coming from a place that you can, um, feel your body, make sure you're getting those plants and protein in you. Okay. Um, next question. How do you avoid punishing yourself when you drive, when you, um, drive through, when you go to a drive through, cause maybe you didn't want to cook dinner. Cool. Totally. Um, this is a funny story. So a couple of days ago we were at target and I don't think I had eaten enough in the day. Right. Not good. Not helpful. And we were walking around target and I really, I was like, Oh my goodness. Like I kind of feel a little dizzy. Like I don't think I've eaten enough. Um, the lines for checkout were super long and I think there was a Starbucks there and they didn't really have anything that I wanted. But we left Target and there was like a McDonald's across the street. I had a McDonald's. I don't know the last time I had McDonald's. Um, but I was like, I really need to eat something. Like I legitimately feel dizzy. And that's not, you don't ever want to get to that point. And we went to McDonald's and I got McDonald's. And there was no, oh my gosh, I'm such a bad person. It was, hey, this is the best option for me right now is going to McDonald's, not trying to drive around the city, like feeling dizzy, right? Is McDonald's the healthiest item? Like, would I, do I ever, do I even want McDonald's? Not really. But in that situation, it was like, I need to eat something. A lot of times people hate talking about food as fuel, but it literally is right. So in that moment, I needed to put something into my body because I was not feeling good. I needed more energy. I needed more fuel. Um, is McDonald's super clean? No. Is it super healthy? Probably not. Um, was it the tastiest meal I've ever had? No, it wasn't. Did it do the job? It did. And then I moved on there. Again, this goes back to like, this can be super hard when we're so used to this idea, like, Oh, I did something bad. Now I need to punish myself. And this comes from this, like this idea, this like good and bad. Um, I've talked to a lot of people and they talk about how like food nowadays, it's like these food wars and like food and diets have become religions. And it's like, when you mess up, there's like this sin and you have to repent and you have to like cleanse yourself. Like we have made this so preposterous when we think about it, like it's a freaking hamburger, you know, it's a freaking cookie in the grand scheme of life. It does not mean that big of it's like, it really isn't that big of a deal, but we make it out to be so much bigger. And again, I know as you're listening to this, you're like, no, Jacqueline, I, you don't understand because I know I, I do understand and I empathize. And I know that, you know, probably three years ago before I started working with a coach um, and started exploring these things on my own and practicing them and then teaching them before I started doing these things, I was in that same place. I would read blogs and they would talk about like, oh, I made this. And I was like, but how do you know how much to eat? If I make that, I'm going to eat all of it. I can't, this, you know, I can't have brownies in the house. I don't care that they're black bean brownies. I can't have them. I'll eat all of them. And then it was like, oh, I have to practice having these things and then not get mad at myself. Every time I get mad at myself, I start this cycle again. If I stop getting mad at myself and I stop taking these imperfect foods out of my life, I will do better. Um, it'll feel better. So yeah, if you don't have anything prepared for dinner and you have to stop at the drive-thru and get something, okay, don't punish yourself. Get something, eat it. Um, this is kind of go, we talk about this in my imperfect eating course, but learning to eat for your body so that you're full and you're satisfied and you're walking away from the meal being like, okay, cool. That's done. Now I'm moving on with the rest of my life and not, uh, oh my gosh, I'm so full. I'm so overstuffed. I have to un unbutton my pants, right? Like that's not helpful. None of us really enjoy that. Um, and if it happens, it is what it is, but like 
right? Like we don't enjoy that. And so learning to eat in a way that you can walk over away from the meal and be like, okay, cool. I'm moving on with the rest of my life because this was not this like big occasion. Um, yeah, it helps me. And even now, like we're traveling right now, we've traveled 60, six, zero days of this year. That's a ton. And, um, learning how to eat without tracking anything, without overstuffing myself, without knowing calories, without knowing macros, without checking ingredients. It's definitely been a practice. Um, but the like, oh my gosh, I've evolved so much over the year because I've put myself in these situations and because I decided I'm not judging myself anymore. It's crazy. Um, this goes back to, I have, I talk about this a lot. Uh, it's like, it's about the food, but it's actually not about the food. It's more about the way that we talk to ourselves. The relationship that we have with ourselves will mirror the relationship we have with food. So if you want a better relationship with food, you have to work on your relationship with yourself. There's no punishing yourself when you have a relationship with yourself. <laughs> you you like build things up. You don't try to do something to punish yourself or get mad at yourself. Am I, you know, am I perfect? No, that's the whole part, you know, this whole thing. But yeah, so it's, it's, um, it's really different. It's really fun. Okay. This next question, how do I know, how do I know how much to eat if I'm not tracking the macros? Yes. So this actually, um, if you don't know my story, so I went from tracking or rather doing whole 30 to kind of like doing, I did vegan for a while. And then I was like, no, I'm plant-based. And then I was tracking calories and the tracking calories. I never tracked macros. Um, but it's basically the same. I was looking at protein and I was looking at overall calories. So calories and macro tracking are very similar. Um, but, uh, what am I trying to say? So tracking helped me see that having something that wasn't necessarily clean or healthy wasn't the worst thing in the world, right? But that's not possible to eat for the rest of your life. So when we stop tracking, we have to get more in tune with our bodies and we have to understand what it feels like, like physically know what it feels like when we're hungry, um, what does that look like, right? Like getting to the point, like I said, of being at Target and feeling dizzy, like that's not like, you know, early on ever get to that point. Oops, I messed up, right? We don't really ever want to get to that point where we're so hungry that we're dizzy. That's not good. But understanding like, huh, I think I could eat. And then getting up and eating and then thinking, huh, there's still food on this plate, but I actually don't need to eat all of it because I'm good right now. Um, I talk about a lot about scarcity and abundance. And so a lot of times we will finish all of the food on our plate because we have this idea from our parents, you know, who had their parents that went through the depression. Um, but like, oh my gosh, I have to finish all this food because of the clean plate club, which was an actual <laughs> club during world war one and world war two, because food was scarce, right? We don't like food scarcity is not a thing where we are. It might be in other parts of the world. It might be in some parts of this country or even the city that you are in, but I'm going to guess that food is not legitimately scarce where you are, but we still have this scarcity idea about it. Like I have to finish all of this because there won't be enough. It just drives us to do crazy things. And so really getting more in tune with our body and not finishing everything that's on the plate just because it's there, just because we had been trained by our parents to this, um, 
but really understanding ourselves and when we're not hungry anymore and eating to that point and then having leftovers and like being able to eat it later. So yeah, it takes some time. It takes some practice to do that. Um, but once you do it and you do it imperfectly and you practice, 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 like you don't ever have to track again. You just know how to eat for your body and it's great and it's fun and you can travel and you can eat like whatever the heck you want. And you always know what to do to get back to a place where you feel great. Like if you might, Oh, I ate too many cookies. Oops, I messed up. Cool. I'm going to follow this up with, you know, some plants and protein because that always makes me feel good. And then you kind of like, you just want to feel good, right? And you understand how much, um, you know, a little process food, you practice this, but that's the thing. That's like the big thing. Maybe I should make that another, another P of, uh, imperfect eating is practice. It's not practice makes perfect. It is literally just practicing over and over and over again. This is your life. Your life is imperfect. Um, your eating will be imperfect for the rest of your life. And that's totally fine. We're getting out of that all or nothing mindset. Okay. So this next question, when you talk about imperfect eating, I understand that we can eat things that are not quote clean or quote healthy in order to do so. I should start eating a little of those things like a cookie to practice, but I can't, I start binging. Yep. Totally. I guess <laughs> this is great. Cause a lot of these questions you, um, are totally in this mindset that you're ready to start this. You know, that the all or nothing mindset has not helped you. And all of that has done is, um, kind of perpetuated the binging, right? So yeah, just start with, um, I would one, I would actually stop calling foods clean because the opposite of clean is dirty, right? Um, healthy, the opposite of healthy is unhealthy. And it is true. Like, like kale has more nutrients than a donut, right? Like kale is doing some great things for our body, instead of, you know, a donut. But picture this, like if you were stranded on an island and <laughs> there was kale or there was a donut and, you know, which one is going to give you more energy? And another word for energy is calories. Which one is going to give you that, right? You probably eat the donut, even though the donut was, quote, not clean or, quote, unhealthy, not healthy, right? You would eat the donut. It has more calories. In that situation, your body needs, your body actually needs more calories than just eating kale. So in that situation, eating the unhealthy food would probably be healthier for your body, right? Isn't that crazy? Um, I have another friend on Instagram who really struggled with orthorexia, which is like being obsessed with clean eating. And it got to the point where like she couldn't eat anything. She couldn't eat anything. And now when I watch her Instagram, like she's eating things like she's eating donuts, she's eating cookies, she's eating cake. And to someone that, had, that doesn't know her story, they might look and say like, that's so unhealthy. How could she do that? But when you dive into her story a little bit and you realize, huh, she had this obsession with everything being perfect and it caused her to be isolated, her eating a donut or cookies every day in a row is actually something that she's doing for her health. And that's a really weird way to think because we're so used to, we're used to good, bad, we're used to black, white, we're used to unhealthy, healthy, but there's this big gray area in the middle and, um, it, it's what health, what's healthy for one person might not be healthy for someone else. What's healthy for you, um, as you, you know, you're, you're sitting and you're not doing much during the winter, like what's healthy 
food wise then is going to be completely different. What's healthy for you when you're training for a marathon. Um, I, I don't like to talk about carbs a ton or use the word low carb or I don't even, I hate using the word clean. I hate using the word paleo, but it's like, if I looked at the foods that I ate most of the time right now, not training for a marathon, I don't eat a ton of carbs. It is, I'm pretty low carb. Um, but I talk more about what I am eating, right? I talk, instead of talking about low, I'm more talking about high. I eat high plants, <laughs> high protein. That sounds weird, but like, right? So mostly, um, leafy veg, leafy green vegetables, carrots, you know, tomatoes. So things that have carbs, but not the traditional sense like flour, right? Like bread, things like that, or potato starchy things. So this is how I'm eating right now. When I'm not training for anything, I'm just kind of exercising, um, doing kind things for my body, but nothing super strenuous. So these foods are healthy for my body right now. This is not how I would be eating if I was training for a marathon. How I'm eating now would not be healthy for my body if I was training for a marathon. Not eating enough carbs would not be healthy for my body while I was training for a marathon, right? So there's this, like, I would be eating a ton more potatoes. I'd probably be eating potatoes at like almost every meal. Um, I would just be eating probably just more. I would be eating more food. My body needs that energy. My body needs those calories. Um, so this idea of like taking away the black and white and just kind of being okay that things are in the middle. Um, I have a graphic. I don't think I've shared it on Instagram. I think it might be in my course, but it shows a pendulum. And we are so used to thinking, um, like on one side, like picture a pendulum. I, I did not take physics. I like so bad at science and like, um, so I did not take physics, but I, I understand the gist of, uh, an object in motion, right? Uh, pendulum swinging back and forth. So picture this, it's on the left side and the left side is perfect clean eating. That's doing keto. That's doing, um, whole 30. That's like being on track, perfect with your macros, whatever. Okay. So we're doing that perfect clean eating. Now that swings back over to the right, like far to the right, binging, eating everything inside, feeling really unhealthy, feeling really gross. And so then the, the, the ball swings back over to the left. But what we want to do is kind of get it to the middle. So it's just kind of gently swinging left and right. Um, and so it's never perfectly straight in the middle. It's just always just kind of swinging left and right, little, little left, little right, instead of these big giant swings. When we get to that place in the middle and we practice that and we're okay that it's not perfect, then that's how we can live for the rest of our life. So I would really, yeah, if you are binging as you are practicing these things, you're probably still holding on to these ideas of good and bad. You're probably still judging yourself a little bit. Um, and also there's just this novelty, like you just started it, right? Um, if you have been eating, like if you've been, one, if you've been yo-yo dieting for the past 5, 10, 15, 20 years, or you've been doing clean eating for five years, right? Like this isn't solved in a week. This isn't solved in 20 days. This takes time to unlearn the habits and the programming that we did, and it takes time to replace those habits with new habits. And we have to be okay that we mess up as we're doing it. When I was learning to run, there are plenty of times I had awful training runs. Like 
awful. And guess what? <laughs> As I move forward, there are going to be times that I mess up and I have awful training runs. It is what it is. When a baby is learning to walk, they don't just go perfectly from, okay, you know, I'm rolling, now I'm crawling, now I get up and walk. Like they fall a ton, <laughs> a ton. They bump into things, you know, they right? Like they get frustrated, but they learn, they, they keep going. And so we have to be okay that we're going to fall down a bunch of times as we are um, deprogramming from this perfectionist mindset. And then that's hard because like even that in itself, you're like, no, but I just want it to go perfectly. I just want to stop binging. But that's, that's part of the perfectionist mindset. Like we want it to go perfectly, but it's not. And so getting more comfortable with that that even just that, like <laughs> even just that takes time. So yeah. All right. So those were super fun. Definitely um, check out the link in the show notes. I have more about imperfect eating. This is a really awesome time to start this because it, I don't know, it's just so cool to end 2018 knowing that I never have to do another diet. I know how to eat for my body. It's been amazing hearing um, from my clients, knowing I had, I got a text the other day, um, from a client saying over Christmas, she was able to go out with her family. She told me how she still had Halloween candy in, um, in her cabinet. Like that had never happened before that they just completely forgot about it. Um, and she looked at it and was like, she said, I looked and I can't believe we didn't eat it. It's, and it's still sitting there. Um, and she said that she knows that going back to the scarcity and abundance mindset, um, she knew that over the holidays, she knew what they were eating because they have it the same every year. She knew which foods she was looking forward to and which she was like, nah, I don't really need that. You know, it's not that special. I can have it anytime. Um, what an awesome place to be. Like how amazing to end 2018 on this high note and not be starting 2019 on a diet, but rather just hey, these are the things I do for my body always. It might look different at different seasons of my life, but I'm not judging myself anymore. I'm not doing these things over and over that I know are not getting me the results. So I'm just so excited for you ladies that are up-leveling, doing kind things to yourself as we roll into 2019. Um, yeah, so definitely check out the links in the show notes. Let's chat more. All right, take care.